This is another episode of Dear Analyst, and in this episode, I'm super excited to have Doug Walters. He's a director at Elite Development Group, and he has a really interesting story in terms of data uh, because he will talk to us about how even smaller companies can build out a kind of advanced data platform, data pipeline, and workflow that's seen at even large corporations. And it kind of shows how democratized many of these data tools are. Uh, but I'll have Doug talk about that and much more in this episode. So Doug, thank you so much for talking to us about your story. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Al. Uh, to kick things off, I'd like to just quickly ask our guests um, a little bit about you, your background. Can you tell us more about who you are? Sure. Well, uh, I've got a background in technology. Uh, if I went all the way back, my dad owned a little computer repair shop in the town that I grew up in. Uh, it still does. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess I, I picked up a lot of my IT background through kind of osmosis dinner table conversations with my dad. So uh, I can kind of credit him for getting this kicked off. Um, spent some time working in IT support uh, in public education, then decided to go out on my own. I was more on the front end web design and web development side of things for a few years. But the more I got into the back end, uh, into the actual architecture and, and infrastructure, um, started to connect with some clients that were more interested, not just in front end and user experience, user interface kinds of work, but also the deeper uh, work of data collection. Um, and I think that's kind of where uh, I wound up back in 2018 when I connected with the company that employs me today, Elite Development Group. Uh, we're a real estate investment company, first and foremost, with a number of divisions that do everything from property management to renovations, back roofing, uh, weatherization and home efficiency, uh, even some flips and real estate sales. Um, and the guys that, uh, that own this company um, were really curious. And I think that that's kind of a, a, an important prerequisite for any organization or individual that wants to get into data, is, I think it really helps to have that innate curiosity. You know, uh, what, what data are we generating uh, and where is it and how can we get our hands on it? And uh, those are some of the first questions that these guys asked. And I was just uh, beneficial. I guess it was just a, a happy coincidence to be able to land uh, in, in the work that they were doing and be able to provide some insight. And uh, I've learned a lot over the last few years. Uh, I'm happy to share uh, how that has helped an organization of under 50, uh, to, to your point, Al, really do some things that I feel like uh, are more commonly done by organizations at enterprise scale. Yeah, that, that's the big thing I wanted to talk about is that the company is relatively small compared to most organizations that have these big data pipelines and tools. Um, before we get into that, um, are there specific areas or even industries within real estate that the company serves, uh, serves or is it like kind of across all different types of real estate and geography? Yeah, what we do is pretty broad. Um, so it's going to cover everything from you know actually owning a portfolio of investment properties and managing and managing maintaining them, leasing them out, and also offering those services then to other investors and owners in our geographic area. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, there's kind of that natural connection then to a lot of construction facets of real estate. So 
you know, uh, we have construction companies that do that tenant turn work or that uh, can, you know, onboard uh, new units effectively, um, you know, improve their HVAC, improve their roofing, or uh, even, you know, some of the really cool kind of newer green stuff where we'll go into a home and perform some scientific tests to, uh, you know, balance out your pressure level, identify where you're gaining or losing heat or cooling and, and how we could lower your energy bill. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the key thing we're trying to do across all of those divisions is use data to make better decisions faster and to be innovative and really be you know, leaders in all of those different verticals um, and, and you know, just, just push the industry ahead and push our competition into some new areas that they're probably not comfortable getting into. Got it. And so let's get a little bit into the data side of things. And uh, my first question is around the source of all this data. I, you're, you mentioned working with construction companies, HVAC, et cetera. So one can already imagine all the different data sources that are coming into your purview. And I'm curious, what did that data organization look like before you joined? And then like how that's changed as you've, you know, developed your processes or workflows. Um, can you speak to like what kind of data sources you're looking at and then how you're organizing all that data um, and how that's changed over time? Yeah, well, I'll tell you where we started. I think is a place that's pretty common for a lot of sole proprietors all the way up to you know, organizations of a hundred or less, maybe, maybe even bigger. Um, all of your data is living in source systems, walled gardens, um, and uh, anything that you do get out of it, you're getting out of it through manual extraction or uh, you know, through CSV and uh, XLS exports, things like that. Uh, and so at, at the time that I started working with Elite, that's where we were. Um, and it, it, uh, it took some interesting, interesting jumps uh, to get us beyond that initial um, set of tools. One of the first things that I recall that we did when we identified that we had a desire to extract some information, some specific tables out of, let's say, the property management software that we're, we were using. Um, and then to be able to combine them outside of that source system was using a tool like a scheduled report within the source system to export a CSV by email every night um, and then run that CSV file through a parsing tool like a doc parser or a mail parser and dump it into a Google Sheet. And so we leveraged some of those no-code or low-code solutions at first to just create the scheduled reporting system of emails dropping CSVs into a parsing tool, dumping records into a Google Sheet. Um, uh, and, and we scaled up. Uh, we started to do things like work order tracking with that scheduled reporting. And of course it was only good, you know, for the first couple of hours every working day until that data was stale. And then our end users would have to go back into the source system to check for updates and stuff. But it was a good opportunity to prove the value of the data extraction itself and to prove the value of what you could do with the data outside of the source system. You finally got your hands on something that you could kind of mold uh, and turn into a higher value data set. Uh, and so that's where we started. Um, where we wound up today, just to kind of explain our current data stack, is it's going to be um, Google Cloud Functions and Fivetran as our extraction tools. Uh, Fivetran also handles the loading into an Amazon Redshift warehouse. Uh, within Redshift, then, we have transformation capabilities, both with Fivetran and also with DBT. And then once the data is transformed and modeled uh, and you know, 
ostensibly put into a data mart, uh, we're then able to utilize a business intelligence platform called SciSense to visualize and create uh, actionable insights and, and uh, you know, user-friendly and, and visually pleasing reports. So uh, again, it's uh, certainly not uh, an A to B journey. It's uh, non-linear, very messy, uh, a lot of shotgun approaches to uh, you know, extracting the data and getting into the right formats and getting into the right destinations and creating reports. Um, but again, a process that can be, and I think in many cases should be undertaken by organizations of all sizes. Yeah, and I think for specifically for real estate, I'm curious if you think that just getting the CSV output or Excel output from some of these siloed tools like property management software, I think that's probably the extent to most real estate investment companies. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, it doesn't sound like many companies have like in-house data engineer or data analyst to play with all these data sources. So would you, is it fair to say that what you're doing within your company is pretty unique within the real estate uh, industry? It definitely feels that way. And anecdotally, I think we have the ability to say that we are a bit of a unicorn in, in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, as we have gone through kind of the, the data maturity process, that journey, um, we've talked to our vendors. We've gone back to our property management software and, uh, took quite a lot of pressure on them to open up an API to us. Um, we manage about 1500 units. And at the time they weren't even willing to open up their API to a, uh, a customer unless they had, you know, I'm, I'm gonna ballpark, you know, three to 5,000 units plus. Um, everything we do is single family. We don't do any multifamily. And that's typically where you're gonna see those larger unit counts. So we were not the customer that they were expecting to come knocking on the door asking for API access. But again, after taking the time to prove out and plan out the value of that data extraction and what we could do with that moldable data afterwards, um, we said to them, look, you know, we're willing to, to pony up and pay a little bit higher rate, uh, maybe a rate that you didn't think a customer that is our size could pay to get our hands on that data and get it in our users' hands in more of a real-time fashion. Um, and now we are extracting data from our, uh, our property management software every five to 15 minutes in some cases for things like tenant work orders. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess I'd say beyond that, you know, we've, we've worked pretty well with other vendors like QuickBooks for financial reporting. Um, you know, we've helped them to improve their products. Uh, and I, I think, again, that's exciting for me to be in, in, in an, an organization this size. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like some huge international accounting firm is knocking on QuickBooks door saying, we found a bug in your API. It's elite, <laughs> you know, and our, our data team of, you know, one to three at most. Um, so it, it's cool to be in that position and be pushing back. And as we've developed these things, kind of to, to tie up that question for you, We've talked to other companies that do what we do, other property investors, whether they're managers or they're construction companies. Um, and we found a few that have that same curiosity um, that when they realize that something like what we're doing is possible, they start to ask the same questions that we did four or five years ago. Uh, and we've been able to help some of them spin up their own data connectors 
uh, funnel data into their own destinations. Again, that could be something as simple as a Google Sheet, or it could be something as extensive as their, their own data warehouse and BI tools. Um, but we are uh, willing to help other organizations do the kind of things that we've done now that we've kind of trekked ahead and blazed the, blazed the trail, I guess is the right way to put it, for other companies in our field. That's interesting that you're willing to help out other companies because, you know, this is a competitive advantage, I would say, for for elite. But um, it's, I mean, I guess you're altruistic in a certain sense to be able to, to want to be able to help other companies. I'd say only partly. They're, we're certainly willing to take payment for it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see a future revenue yeah. stream for, for elite. Um, one question I get a lot is, you know, how do you learn some of these tools and um how do you analyze data at a very basic level? And I'm curious when you first started looking at all these different data sources and data sets from the property management software, for instance, and other sources, how did you learn to do what you did and build that skill set? Or was it kind of this trial by fire? Yeah. Again, I, I credit a lot of it back to uh, my dad. You know, uh, again, when I, 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 I'm not joking when I say osmosis and dinner table conversations, I learned a lot about logical thinking. Uh, from talking to him and hearing him troubleshoot his clients' issues. And even though they weren't the same kind of issues that we're dealing with with you know, big data, uh, it, it, was, it was computation. It was step A to step B to step C, and there was a logical process to resolve that client's issue. Um, so I, I guess I would go way back and point to some of those formative experiences. Beyond that, I think you know a lot of it is really just having that web development background. I spent a lot of time, even though a lot of it was front end stuff. You're still worrying about when you're spinning up a WordPress website how data is flowing within that ecosystem, um, and so it was kind of a natural thing to be able to pick up and and learn. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there. Again, all of the vendors that we work with offer you know both free and paid workshops, courses, online tutorials. Um, I, I kind of, I guess I'd think I'm, I'm a pretty good online learner in general. Mm -hmm. um, uh, good at Google. I think that's a pretty common thing among the IT crowd. So uh, Stack Overflow, very good, <laughs> very good friend. There's so many resources out there uh, and other people doing the, the kind of things that we're doing that uh, even if you're not 100% sure that you're taking the right path, you have enough other people and resources out there that you can check yourself along the way. Uh, and just make sure that you're not going down a path that is going to tie you into some extremely inefficient, ineffective, or cost prohibitive solution. Uh, but we, we did our due diligence with spreadsheets and Google Sheets first before we dove into you know, the really beefy stuff and the really expensive stuff of um, you know, ELT, warehousing, and business intelligence. Um, and I think that that's important to point out as we've worked with some other companies in our industry. Those are the conversations that we've had with them. Um, you know, the curiosity is there, but the willingness to go beyond a spreadsheet, not there yet. So let's help them get their information into a spreadsheet to start. And let's start talking about databases. Again, you know, I, I recognize that a spreadsheet is not a database, but it's a great tool to show someone that is not a database administrator about the power of databases and help them understand the potential that if they can move them from the spreadsheet to a data warehouse, a data lake, a data mart, whatever that platform is, that the same concepts are at play here. Um, and it's just different syntax. 
to be able to manipulate your, your information, uh, different visualization tools. So uh, very much the, the steps are there for organizations of all sizes to go through that journey. Uh, and I encourage them all to certainly tie that to their strategic value, uh, tie that to their mission, their vision, their values, tie that to something that's really core to their organization if they wanna go down that path uh, of, of really being analytical um, and, and harnessing their, their data and the power that it brings. Right, I think it's, you brought a good point in terms of uh, learning from some of these vendors. I'm actually, I'm surprised how much education, not just about, like you mentioned, Fivetran and DBT. Yes, they have tutorials and videos, YouTube, whatever, about their tools, but they actually end up teaching you quite a bit about data structures and data workflows and data pipelines in general. So you can take that knowledge you've learned from one of these vendors and apply it to some other tool that your company might use down the line. So it's not just like siloed to that specific tool sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah I guess speaking of Excel, um, I remember you mentioned a project uh, uh, around cost estimates that you worked on where you're taking data from QuickBooks and tying it with some other data sources. And it was first in Excel and pivot tables. Um, wanted to dig a little deeper into that project. And if you could tell us more about what that project entailed, the different data sources you're playing with there and how everything kind of came together? Yeah, well, so when you're in the construction business, one really important aspect of being successful is hitting your budgets. And that's something that some organizations handle on paper uh, or on a whiteboard or you know, using a, some, some free uh, you know, calculator on their computer. Um, it's a lot of spreadsheets that people resort to. Um, and that's where we decided we wanted to start uh, with that proof of concept. So we recognized the need. We needed to be able to hit our budgets more effectively. And we knew that we had the data. We knew the data was out there, but we needed some way to test and prove that we could join it together in such a way that we could then tie an estimate to an actual expenditure. And there were some behavioral changes that we had to make along the way. Uh, we recognized that in order to create a true uh, primary key on these tables, we needed to be entering work order numbers into some of our other source systems. So, you know, let's say that in the property management ticket system, we opened up a ticket, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, there needed to be that same primary key value in the financial software. And so we had to train our folks when they were creating a bill or an invoice or whatever financial transaction it was to put one, two, three, four, five in a description field that we could extract. Once we were populating the source systems with that data, we would then make these extractions and it was very manual, and very time intensive, um, but we would extract tens of thousands of records from both systems. Um, we used uh, a nice tool called CData. There's a cost to it, but it was well worth it to prove out the value of this thing um, in order to get that data into Excel as quickly as possible. And then to use some of data's, uh, data Excel's data analysis tools to perform very simple joins on a primary key and then output that into, to, to your point, a pivot table report where for each of our projects, we could then see a pivot list of work orders and then financial transactions against each of those work orders. Uh, and a number of work orders then lumped together would represent the actual expenditure on a project. So then all we had to do was create another input tool, a Google Sheet, where all of our estimates 
lived with those work order numbers. And, uh, you know, voila, we had this nice relational-ish database where we could then connect an estimate to an actual expenditure and then take that information back to our teams and help them understand where they were successful, where there were challenges and obstacles that needed to be overcome. Um, and uh, it, it worked, which is, uh, you know, kind of when you look back, like, okay, yeah, of course it did. Um, we've then been able to translate that into, you know, better dashboards, more user-friendly reports, and uh, automated data connectors instead of, you know, me going and, you know, manually exporting all of this information from this source system. But um, again, it was a really important step for us to, A, have a strategic purpose in doing that. We, we, we were solving a business problem. We could not quickly tell whether we were hitting our budgets or not. Then with this data deployed, we were able to operationalize it and turn it into insights for our teams in the field to be able to make better decisions faster about their projects, maybe even see when they were coming up on a budget before they hit that budget or exceeded that budget. Um, and uh, then it just became a matter of uh, how much faster can we generate that insight and how, how much more context can we add to that insight. And so what you might see today uh, in our project reporting isn't just one estimate number against one actual spend number for the entire project. We're breaking it apart by service items. So the roofing element of a project will have its own estimate and actual. The flooring component of a project will have its own estimate and actual. Uh, and our supervisors, and again, our teams in the field can break down that data granularly and uh, make even better decisions, hopefully, as a result of having that insight. So that was, um, you know, looking back, that was what catapulted us from spreadsheets into data warehousing data connectors and a bit of business intelligence platform um, is we recognize that outside of, you know, keeping all of that within Excel, um, there just wasn't any other effective, efficient solution to generating that insight other than by making a significant investment. Very cool. And in terms of data-driven decision-making, um, you mentioned how this has given your team more insights into knowing when the budget might be hit or something like that. Now that you have kind of like a more mature uh, data mart and data pipeline, um, can you speak to any other like big decisions that were made using all this data? Um, I'm curious because many real estate companies like with this cost estimates project you just mentioned, I'm sure there's some poor analysts who has to like pull Excel files from you know, a bunch of different sources and manually try to figure out, hey, do we hit the budget? Um, I'm curious to know like what big decisions were unlocked from this new ecosystem that you've created. Yeah, let me give you another example. Also from the property management side of things, um, uh, an organization like ours has numerous vacancies concurrently. Um, people are constantly moving in and moving out of our units. And, um, you know, intuitively, uh, someone could have a, a good, you know, gut sense of which projects to take on in which order. Um, but I think that that's an area where data would easily give an organization better insight into prioritization of work and resource utilization. And so uh, what we were able to do is uh, define a metric 
which we refer to as income lost due to vacancy. Um, we can now see each of our vacant units on a dashboard and we can see how much income the property owner is losing due to that unit sitting vacant. And then we can identify which units we need to turn first to get the maximum value back to those investors. Because at the end of the day, whether they're in our portfolio or a different investor's portfolio, um, one of our key purposes is driving value back into that investor's portfolio by getting their units turned around quickly. Uh, and we saw a measurable difference uh, in customer satisfaction and also in our project effectiveness, uh, the, order, you know, the order in which we were executing these projects by being able to measure how much uh, you know, how many dollars per day were being lost by every vacant unit and then being able to say, okay, well, we can budget this out in such a way that if we do project A first, uh, high ticket, high rent unit, we can get through it pretty quickly because all it needs is new carpets, new doors, a couple of new windows, new paint jobs, something like that. Um, get that high rent unit back out on the market and get it rented as soon as possible as opposed to starting project B, which might be a lower rent unit that requires a greater investment to get it back onto the marketplace. Um, we've got our, a little bit more time to work through that one um, before, let's say it would be, you know, losing as much rent as some other units. So anyway, you know, seeing the dashboard is kind of like the, the gold standard for this uh, in terms of unlocking the insight. But, um, you know, that's an area that I think very few uh, other property investors and, and property management companies are delving into is prioritizing their work. Uh, a lot of them are just glad to get through their projects and get their units turned in whatever order they are done, in whatever time frame they are done. Um, and, uh, you know, if you look at it really closely, you're kind of robbing the investors at the end of the day by not being as effective as you could in the order in which you're, you're doing the work. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another area that uh, you know, we, we look at that every single day now, um, and we try to keep our income loss to vacancy as low as possible, again, just to, to keep our customers happy and on the investment side. Yeah, and just thinking through that type of data, like, since you're talking to the investor about potential income they're losing from not turning around this, this, pro this building or units, are there, is there external data about, like, a potential rent coming into the system? Is that like coming from, an, an, a, I don't know, some market report or how do you ensure that, you know, this unit's rent is going to be higher than in project A versus project B? Because I'm guessing that rental information must come from somewhere. Yeah, it's a combination of internal and external knowledge. Um, okay. Again, you know, at, at Elite, you know, in, in terms of our core values, being analytical is one of our core values. We recognize though that, you know, really the, the value of analytics is to balance and inform your instincts. Uh, and so very much with our property management teams, um, we, we don't drive them to only do what the dashboard says, right? But we also drive them to temper their instincts with the data, make a more informed decision. And so what we might say is, if you think you can get this much in rent, then let's juggle the, the, the projects this way. Um, or if we get some economic forecast that rent values are going down as interest rates are going up and housing is becoming uh, you know, easier to get, um, then we'll, we'll make those adjustments internally 
Um, uh, you know, some property management uh, platforms will also supply you with their estimate. You know, I think about Zillow, they have a, a Zestimate, I think is what they call it. Mm -hmm. um, so you can always kind of tie that kind of data into your internal expertise as well. Um, just again, to have more informed, better informed decisions. Got it. Um, I, I think we're getting close to our time here, but one last question I kind of want to ask you um, more from uh, you know advice for folks who are like in a similar position as you, where you're working in a small company and maybe um, data analytics, these data pipelines and workflows isn't a huge priority right now. Um, what kind of advice would you give to folks in your shoes at other companies where small company, but we know we want to make data-driven decisions. How do we go about doing this? Any advice you might have for folks like that? Yeah, I think the, the first thing that kind of stands out to me, and I've said it a couple of times, but make sure that it, it's in some way tied to your strategy, to your overarching goals. I mean, I think every company has a goal of being profitable, uh, being more profitable, growing sales, growing profits. Um, they're also going to have probably a balancing goal of, customer satisfaction. Um, then they may also have goals of developing and empowering their teams, training, upskilling, um, you know, making sure that their employees are constantly improving professionally, both in terms of skills and knowledge, um, uh, you know, improving the community. There could be a social goal uh, that's related to all that. So it, long story short, as you start to work through those goals, certainly there are going to be things that you can do that aren't data related. But I think you're very quickly going to run into areas where, as you look at those goals and you start to identify particular strategies, tactics that you can employ to achieve those goals, um, you will start to identify, well, if we only knew this, then we'd be able to make a better decision. If we only knew that, then we'd be able to actually create a metric by which we can measure our progress toward one of those strategic objectives or goals. That's where you start to get into these things. And so again, for Elite, um, you know, some of those things that we couldn't measure before, but we can now are things like our project profitability, our project uh, you know, uh, profitability versus the budgeted profitability, that income that we're losing every day due to vacancy. Um, we've gone you know, to the point where not only can we see um, the profitability of one of our companies, but we actually have 14 different QuickBooks entities all feeding into a data model. And now we can basically zoom from, let's say the 30,000 foot view all the way down to the transactional level and answer those questions. That's again, strategic in nature. We didn't do it for fun. We didn't do it to you know, just answer an ad hoc question. Those are now core operational functions in our organization, solving business problems every day, making better decisions faster. I feel like for someone who isn't sure what the value is, look at your goals. The value is going to be there. You're going to identify those business problems that if you just knew that other thing, that next thing, uh, you could make a better decision faster to solve that business problem. That's where you're going to start to identify the value of investing in these data tools. And again, the investment, the, I think the barrier used to be quite a bit higher. You had to hire an Excel guru. You had to hire an analyst. You had to hire an engineer, an architect, a developer, whatever. Uh, and now I think people are generally at the consumer level so comfortable with spreadsheets, Google Sheets in particular, because it's so extensible through 
the Google Apps script and through add-ons and, and other plugins, um, some of which we've even been able to develop, I, I guess I'd, I'd throw out there. I mean, going through all of this, we even developed some of our own Google Sheets add-ons so that other companies that do what we do can, again, pay us, but piggyback on the success that we've had and start to extract their data into the same destinations that we've had success with. That, that's really where you're gonna find the momentum. Uh, and once you find that momentum, the curiosity is gonna drive you further and further, and uh, you'll be on the, the same data journey as the rest of us. Some very wise words there. Uh, well, Doug, thank you so much for sharing your experience and background uh, building out this data ecosystem at Elite. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share this episode with uh, the, the listeners. And just wanna thank you again for sharing some of your insights on building a data ecosystem again from a small company perspective. Thanks again for having me. This is really fun. Mm-hmm.